Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. I'm excited to welcome my guests today, Matt Randall and Maria Goy, co-founders of Life by Spot. What is Spot, you may ask? Spot offers monthly injury insurance designed to protect you against unexpected medical expenses. Easy to get, easy to understand, so you can breathe easy. And they could pay me for this commercial afterwards. But I kid, we will unpack their career journey and the Spot story. So let's get to it. Matt and Maria, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Awesome. Good. Thanks for having us. Adam. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. So let's get started here. And as I told you in the pre-show, you know, I really like to unpack career journeys. And it's great when I talk to co-founders. So we're going to talk about your early career journeys. We're going to talk about how you guys met. And we're going to talk about Spot, how it's different, who's it for. And we'll get to all that fun stuff in a little bit. But before we even get to that, you two have both have had very full careers before launching Spot together. Matt, you're a serial entrepreneur, started your first business at 16. Maria, you've held uh, pretty big positions in many prestigious companies. Um, Let's talk about, you know, your histories before founding Spot Together. Um, or should I say, who owes Matt's wife and Maria's best friend, Amanda, more for being the hidden link that led to Spot being created? Matt, for sure, because he got me out of the bargain. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Silence. You know, it is, no words. <laughs> it, it is, uh, you know, funny story. After uh, my last company, my wife mm. did... Uh, tell me you need to start up a company with Maria. Um, and I would always say Maria's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Um, and I would love to, but she's in insurance. No way I'll ever go into insurance uh, because of uh, how boring it is. And uh, lo and behold, my wife was right. And uh, I'm in insurance with Maria. So, but at least we're trying to make it fun and bring, uh, you know, compelling products to, you know, millions of Americans that actually need it. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna unpack that in a little bit. So I guess you have to cut her in on the equity at that point, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, actually, I begged her to cut me in on it, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I love it. And another, uh, you guys have another shared connection. Correct me if I'm wrong, but each of you have had parents in the special forces, correct? Yep, my dad was a Green Beret, and Matt's dad was a Navy SEAL. And Maria, let's talk about how that has influenced uh, you growing up, and you know, as you transition to yeah. a professional in the world of business, what have you really learned from your dad that you've been, you know, applying daily in your career? Yeah, moving around a lot forced you to be a bit of a social butterfly, learn how to make friends, um, have conversations. My dad was a big believer in sort of no isn't the answer, um, but also don't don't depend on other people to help you figure things out. Like you've got to learn how to swim and you've got to learn how to swim to shore. And so anything that I've ever done has always been through this lens of 
anything's possible. Um, and I've got to learn how to do it on my own and not just assume that somebody else will help me or do it for me. So it's probably created a little too much independence in my life, um, personal as I get feedback from my husband, but it's also been a big driver of trying to always prove everyone wrong. Tremendous. What about you, Matt? Um, taught me how to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> We're being uh, truthful here. This is uh, honesty, <laughs> vulnerability, and transparency here on the podcast today. I love it. It's a therapy session for both of you guys. Yeah, if you uh, if you don't want me to say what comes to my mind, definitely don't have me on. Um, <laughs> That's not what we do here. The, uh, you know, for me, it's a, uh, you know, I, I think same thing for Maria. It's kind of, you know, whatever challenges I'm high... I'm uh, pretty dyslexic, um, you know, dealt with that kind of my whole life and different things like that. And my dad wouldn't ever allow it to be an excuse or anything like that in life. So um, more than anything, I think it shapes us kind of who we are um, and kind of that drive behind, you know, continuing to push through boundaries. I don't think you'd ever start up a company if you knew kind of the challenges that were ahead of you. Um, and so kind of get into it and figure it out while you're uh, kind of on that path. Yeah. And for both of you, this isn't, you know, your, your first rodeo here. Maria, you've had lengthy, uh, you know, stops along the way, Accenture to Starbucks, back to Accenture, stopping at Viacom and then Coles in New York Life. What would you say is, you know, your, your core competency that really led you to these roles across so many widely recognizable organizations? You know, what was that common thread? The common thread was always being a team builder. Uh, it was always important to me to look at the organization I was in and the culture of the organization and how could you influence that through conversations or making connections. Everything is a negotiation. Um, and so a big part, I think, of what um, helped me be successful in those roles was actually sort of that ability to create um, create culture and create community within organizations that didn't always have it. Did you have a sense, you know, whether it was the early days of your career, maybe a little later on before you went into, you know, true entrepreneurship, startup life, that you always knew you were going to go in that direction? Or did you think you were going to be in corporate America for your career? I honest to God thought I'd be in corporate America my entire career. I think, um, you know, one thing with my dad and Matt knows this pretty well is that, you know, we moved around a lot as a kid. And so like the one thing that I craved um, was stability. And so I literally took that job, that first job at um, Anderson Consulting and laid it out against different opportunities like Intel and a few others and said, where do I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life? <laughs> and I really thought I was going to kind of go in with that perception. And every job I went in after that, I thought, okay, this is a great place to, to have a long-term career. And what I found is that you could just make so much meaningful change um, by just being open to new possibilities. And so there just kind of came a pivotal point in my career where I looked at it and said, I'm willing to take any conversation, any recruitment, just to have that dialogue and sort of know what's happening out there. And that's a tremendous insight. I mean, I, as a recruiter, I tell that to everybody and, and my family, my friends, I'm like, if a recruiter calls you for an opportunity, and even if you're not on the market and you have the time, take it. You never know what door that's you know going to open up. But Maria, what would you say is, a, is one, yeah, what would you say is one of those like big key learnings from from working in large matrix organizations? I mean, we're talking global behemoths here that have really helped you accelerate quickly in launching spot. Uh, 
You know, that's a great question. Probably sort of the speed or the pace at which things move, um, which today is light speed for me, which seems like, you know, super slow to Matt, having been a serial entrepreneur. He's like, how do we move faster? Um, but this idea in sort of these, these large organizations that there's so much red tape and bureaucracy and conversations that need to happen. And there's a meeting to prepare for the meeting versus meeting, meeting. let's have this. Yeah, like let's have this dialogue. And Matt and I, have um, been really, um, I would say, conscious and like even more so lately of if we can have that conversation quickly in 15 minutes, like let's have it, let's have a stand up on Slack. We don't necessarily have to have the meeting with the team of, but can we move quicker? And I think having been in those organizations where you could see these really awesome projects that could have really great benefit, but they were like a two-year implementation roadmap, you kind of look at that to say, well, how do we turn something around a lot faster that hits the customer today? Um, versus a project that would, you know, take somebody else, you know, three to five years to implement. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And we'll get to Matt's background in a second here. You guys have such a yin and yang background that really makes this special here. And Matt, you know, serial entrepreneur, um, tell us a little bit about Twyla, you know, your venture before Spot. Where did the idea come from? Um, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, pretty significant backing, right? 19 plus million in funding, Google Ventures, Redpoint, IVP. Pretty big. Tell us a little bit about Twyla and, um, you know, what's, what's your, what's your secret to raising like that? Um, you know, it, it was definitely a couple of years, uh, of my life that, you know, were trying and amazing at different times. And, uh, as Maria knows, I have some P PTSD at times, uh, um, for past companies. I think anytime, you know, I started my first company when I was 16 and that was, uh, Twyla was the first major kind of venture backed business. I think, you know, for us going into any, you know, business is what's your ultimate vision? Where do you ultimately want this company to get to and kind of what's that stair step in which to get there? Um, you know, I had the privilege uh, in founding that company. I founded a company prior to that uh, and was selling that off. And uh, I had the privilege to work alongside uh, an individual, a guy named Brian Sharples, who owned um, and started up uh, HomeAway um, and owned VRBO and stuff awesome. like that. And so we kind of partnered together, um, saw the vision kind of in the art space, the opportunity. Um, and, you know, had a play to really kind of democratize uh, the art industry. And so <clears throat> that was really the play across that. Um, we sold that probably about four, three and a half, four years ago or so. And, you know, that's when it kind of led into, you know, spot. It's funny going from art into insurance is like always a uh, people are like, yeah, people are like, huh? And at the end of the day, it's just a product that's needed from consumers, right? Uh, it's, it's a different product, but a lot of times the marketing, the brand building, everything like that is very similar to one another. So, you know, being able to kind of see those two and then raise the capital behind it, ultimately raising capital for anyone, uh, it's definitely relationships and it's also vision behind it um, and what you ultimately see uh, kind of the long-term five, 10 year, uh, vision, uh, behind the business. So inter interesting question here. Cause I've had, I've had some, some folks on the show, like, you know, Michael Loeb and some other, uh, big investors that talk about, you know, it's not always the best idea to throw a lot of money early on at a startup. Do you agree with that? <laughs> um, I, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a double-edged sword. Capital always is. I have the biggest, I have the most found respect for people that never raise capital, um, that, that build before. companies mm -hmm. that never have to, right? You know, people always look at this idea of raising capital as a success metric. And, and it's actually not, to my point of view. Um, if I ha 
had the only profitable company um, I've yet to run uh, was when I was 16 years old. Um, and in looking at that and raising venture, it's all about these massive ideas and these massive visions to go build and ultimately get to profitability side of it. You know, I love when ventures says that, uh, but they're also the first ones to write massive checks into young companies, um, you know, with a proven founder um, at some crazy valuations early on. So, you know, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. If you have capital, you spend capital. If you don't, um, what's the saying that I've always loved? Um, constraint breeds creativity. Um, and if you don't have constraint at an early stage of a business, you're not going to be creative. Um, and that's something we try to drive home to uh, in the business. Tremendous. And so let's get into Spot. So you know, beyond having the good idea, what was it that led you to to create Spot? Let's get into it. What's what was the impetus? What was the spark? What was the fire there? I think it was being at New York Life Insurance, you see sort of the positive impact that insurance can have. Um, but you also, I quickly learned that, you know, the cost of insurance is so prohibitive to so many people. And it really became sort of a vehicle for the have and have nots. And um, the example I always use is that New York Life, I had a whole life policy which required me to put in $75,000 a year. Well, that was no problem when I was making that salary, but you learn that that's, you know, significantly over the average female salary in America. So how do you actually start to make that meaningful difference? And um, you know, Matt and I also have this common theme and we both think that we're put on this earth to, to do good things, right? And um, <clears throat> sharing the idea with him over dinner one night, it was really apparent to us that, you know, there was something there um, that was worth pursuing. And um, it really was sort of just that conversation, right? You have this spark of an idea that you you see over time and you see the data points and how meaningful it can be. And then you just stumble upon the right partner, the right co-founder um, to help make that, uh, you know, that idea really come to life. Just, it, it just fell right. And it says on the Spot website, quote, we are real human beings who have spent far too much on medical bills. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, talk to us a little bit about what makes Spot different, who's it for, and uh, why they should get it. You know, it She's pointing with yeah, her eyes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, if Maria's not here, I always joke around that spot was my idea. Uh, but when we Maria's could edit here, that out. Uh, we could edit her out of the entire voice. podcast. That's easy. That's easy. I have a separate audio track. I can just drop it. Yeah, right. We have the technology. Uh-huh. Um, no, you know, Maria, That the one thing about her that uh, I always kind of marvel in is uh, – she's kind of the heart behind the business. Uh, you know, I look at it, I look at things in very black and white and how to build a brand, how to go market that and distribute it and things of that sort. And, you know, when we look at spot from medical bills side and things like that, what's been fascinating for me from an outsider coming kind of into the insurance world and not necessarily seeing myself in the insurance space at all, but wanting to create opportunities for people that, you know, go far and beyond just kind of the term insurance. Um, is, is this whole segment of, you know, for us looking at it and saying, yes, medical bills, it's the number one reason people file bankruptcy in the United States, like 66% of bankruptcies are due to that. And they're not from cancer and things like that. It's from car accidents. It's from high deductible plans. It's from things of that sort. To where I always like to tell a story to be able to really relate it back is spot pays about $1,300 a month for health insurance for me, my wife, and my daughter. 
um, we have a $14,000 deductible. So before my health insurance really kicks in, we spend $29,000 a year um, for that to kick in. And so about 30% of American doesn't even have health insurance. And so when we look at it is what we're building right now, yes, it has meaningful impact. We cover your medical bills no matter if you get in a, um, no matter if you get in a car accident, if you cut your hand making dinner, if you get a bike bike accident, whatever happens to you, um, we'll cover your medical bills when you get injured. But outside of that, is really looking holistically at the bigger opportunity across the U.S. healthcare system and say, where can Spot actually show up? Where can we actually allow and build alternative products for people to where hey if you're a healthy you know 35 year old male or female you're still going to spend five fifty six hundred dollars a month um for comprehensive health care with more. a five six thousand dollar deductible or more right and so that's where we look at it to be able to say uh, what are people paying for what do they want to pay for and how can we change that and by wrapping that in a fun brand that says hey we relate to you and who you are um, and really want to build that out. And Maria team and team have done an incredible job of tying those. The backside of this company is insanely difficult um, from a regulatory, everything like that uh, standpoint to where the consumer experience needs to be as simple um, and as possible. And so that that's the two different variabilities across the business we're always uh, tapping into. So, let, so let, let's break that down. I want to break down who the customer, who the audience base is, you know, who, who is your avatar. And then I also want to talk about branding. So when we talk about, you know, I've seen a stack list of athletic ambassadors and sports, snowboarding, surfing, anything in the extreme sports, right? Are, are a lot of your customers these athletic, these very like outdoorsy extreme sports? Or is it more about building confidence with the less risk prone, you know, customers? Or is it both? More than Marion? Yeah. I think we, uh, you know, in full transparency, I think in building this company, there wasn't necessarily a blueprint to go out, right? We're not the new mattress company or things like that to where there's 100 competitors. We're the first to ever bring this product to market in the way in which we're doing. And so to us is really looking at who, when building businesses, I think it's important to be able to always say, you know, who's your first customer? Um, who's going to understand the product as quickly as possible and, you know, lead, need the least amount of education because education and marketing is very expensive. Um, and in doing this, you know, I, we went a little too far, um, I so? think from not just customer base, um, but I think from a brand side to where people go, oh, this is for extreme athletes. And that's something we continue. And that's just being fully transparent. We're pulling, we're pulling back on. You, you, you don't uh, want to polarize, right? Like you don't want, you know, that just to be. Because then you're excluding a whole group of people who this is great for. Yeah, and but on the other side, you don't want it to be, you know, a picture of a family walking down the street that says "protect your loved ones," right? Like every other right. insurance company Fear out factor. there. So there's, yeah, so there's this kind of, you know, this balance that we want to play um, to where it's not about the extreme. Um, we don't want that because you're going to, you know, segment. You're only talking to a small percentage, but we also want it to be from a brand angle we want it to be aspirational we want it to be inspirational we want to encourage people no matter who that is to get off the couch and go live life that could be you know just going out and riding a bicycle that could be going and climbing everest it could be like whatever that is for you we want to encourage we want to be the first insurance company that encourages you to live life now you know whatever that may mean got it so you pulling back you know you came up with the concept of you know the brand really being red bull meets gopro um are you are you pulling back on that? I mean, 
How are you? How are you trying to change the branding of insurance to make it, you know, cool? I mean, Oscar tried it. I don't think they did a great job. Um, you know, how are you trying to be different? You know, branding. You know, branding is the art of differentiation, right? Like, like, how are you going to be different than everything else out there in the marketplace from the consumer branding point of view? Well, I, I would say right now, from a branding, we're substantially different. Um, and that is, you know, it's gone lean more on the extreme side. I think where we're going right now, and we couldn't be more excited to really roll it out here soon, is that sense of like celebrating those moments in life that are, you know, about encouraging people to get out and live more, um, whatever that may be. And so I actually relocated my family here for part of the summer to Crested Butte, Colorado. Nice. Um, and that is to be able to, you know, get out and ride and be able to get out and kayak and do different things like that, whatever that be, because that's, to me, encouraging myself to get out and live life um, and doing what that is. And so I know Maria just bought a, um, an e-bike that uh, I'm incredibly jealous of, um, uh, one of these new e-bikes. And those things about getting out to kind of doing those things, that's what we want the brand to ultimately speak to. And, and that's great. I mean, founders living the brand. I mean, that's that's really, you know, what it's all about. So. What, what has been, you know, you guys are both, you, uh, Matt, you are a very accomplished entrepreneur, Maria, extreme success in the world of corporate America. What has been, you know, that biggest, I want to say, I don't want to say mistake, but, you know, hurdle, stumbling block in the, in the early days of building spot? Maybe something you expected to go one way and it didn't. I mean, that's the life of an entrepreneur. But what was one of those big, like, oh, shit, you know, we really had this hypothesis. This was the right way to do something. This is what we we're thinking of. And then it just went to shit. Uh, I think for me, the the honest answer is I haven't hit that moment yet. Uh, I think we've been really honest with each other around sort of the hypothesis of business and we've taken in sort of that customer research and have been able to sort of quickly respond to that. Um, I think going into a space that has been entirely neglected, completely untapped, where there's no innovation, has really allowed us to go in and look at the market as sort of a greenfield and sort of have these hypotheses. and you know, kind of move from the gut and then allow the data to to help us transition to refine just a little bit more. So hopefully Matt doesn't say the complete polar opposite. But I, you know, I think for us, there hasn't been that, or at least for me, there hasn't been that holy bullshit moment. It's been more of a, wow, we, we should accelerate something or we should be having this particular conversation. Um, but I think the great thing with Matt and I being so different and on every possible, uh, you know, personality test scale you could possibly take. Um, it's been really beneficial in this ability for us to think about things from completely different lenses and then come together and have that conversation. So Matt, don't contradict me. I mean, that's that's a yin and yang, right? I mean, I've heard a lot of horror stories about, you know, having co-founders versus just, you know, one person steering the ship. But there, there's a magic sauce there. And I think a lot of it comes with maturity and experience. You know, when you threw, we throw it to a a couple of 22 year olds in a room together and throw a bunch of money at them. What do you think is going to happen? But when you put a couple of seasoned business folks like yourself in there, it's going to be a little bit different, but what do you think? What do you think that real yin and yang secret magic sauce is that makes you too successful as a business unit? Um, for me, I think it's our friendship. Um, we, you know, kind of always lay this down as the, the company will always be the company, but Matt and I are always going to be family. And, um, as much of an asshole as he is or claims to be like deep down inside, he's super squishy and he's honestly become one of my best friends. Like he is often the first person to hear something. Um, and we've made this really solid attempt to 
um, build that relationship and knowing that, you know, we have to have those conversations um, quickly that we can't let things fester. And um, I do miss him. He's in Colorado. So there's nobody to like sort of make fun of. And we go on walks every Tuesday when he's here with his daughter Rose to coffee. And we literally just shoot the shit for yeah. an hour and change and talk about like, where are we emotionally in the business? Where are we emotionally like in our lives? And Matt knows everything kind of going on from a personal and work. So it's this great balance of like when I'm struggling and I can give him, you know, 45% that day, he knows he's got to make up and, and provide the rest of that 55% to make up for the business. That, and um, I think with that, it's been really great as a give and take. That's a, that's a huge advantage having, and, and Matt, let's talk about that for a moment, having that, that real friendship connection. I mean, in some cases it could be a double-edged sword. Um, but as I mentioned before, you know, all the points in our life where we understand, you know, the mat- there's a maturity level and it's such an advantage to having that close personal um, relationship. Matt, what are your thoughts here? You know, it's, so we took, uh, actually made me laugh uh, a couple months ago, we had the leadership team in, in town and Maria and uh, one of our other director of operations uh, had us do personality tests across the whole leadership I failed those team. every time. I've never done a person. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There is no uh, pass fail, but I failed. I, I've never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I think when my personality popped up, it did. It did more or less mean fail. Some red um, flags. Attempt on the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and within that is, it was fascinating because anyone on the company will tell you, and, and I, we don't say this just for the public thing. It's actually extremely true. Is you know, I have a lot of friends that are really dear friends of mine that if we started up a company together, I guarantee you it would not work um, at all. And so Maria and I's relationship and dynamic, I think is very rare that you find in co-founders. I think co-founders is difficult because there's a lot of ego at play. Um, A lot of times when it comes to ideas, it comes to final decisions, Mm -hmm. totally, right? And I think for us, it's the sense of when we did this personality test, and I forget the name of it, uh, but there's literally zero overlap between Maria and I wow. on it. Anything that registered for me did not register for Maria at all and vice versa. So now you've scientifically um, proven why you guys work well together, right? Now you have you have, you have have <laughs> actual factual data, empirical data. No, I love it. I love it. So I mean, let me ask you guys, how many how many folks are on the team about now? Uh, we're just around 20 um, on the team today. So let's talk for a moment about your approach to hiring and, and, and building culture. Uh, Maria, you've had, yeah. you know, as I mentioned before, incredible corporate experience, and I'm sure you've learned so many things that you like, that you dislike from a process perspective. Matt, culture from that startup perspective. How have you guys, tell, tell us, let's unpack those conversations. When you guys talk about, all right, here's how we're going to hire, here's our approach to culture, here's how we might, <laughs> or is it just whatever, we need something, let's figure it out. Uh, probably something well, closer to the latter. <laughs> like we need this role like tomorrow. Who do we know? Um, you know, I think in the early days, uh, it was a lot about hiring um, sort of one, two degree separation. Um, I think pretty much everybody on the team we had either worked with in the past or we had worked closely with somebody that knew them. Um, as we've started to scale, we're hiring around 30 folks this year. We've taken obviously a much more um centered approach around that we got really lucky from a culture perspective of everybody we had brought in and it's been really important to us um and so now kind of as we go through that hiring journey it is looking at it of 
what is the culture that we want to maintain? What part of the culture do we want to change? What part of the culture do we want to enhance and the types of resources that we're looking for from a diversity of thought um, perspective, uh, which is really important to us both. So it's definitely more of a challenge to look at resources just sort of generally out in the market. Um, but I think ultimately it makes us a better organization for bringing in, you know, sort of that outside perspective. I don't know, Matt, if there's anything you want to add there. I mean, I, I, I think in the way in which we, again, it's, it's a very, you know, opposite approach, Maria and I kind of look at these two things, Maria and team do an incredible job of building out, you know, when someone gets hired on the, you know, the process they go Mm -hmm. through and onboarding and stuff like that. I don't even think about onboarding. I'm just like, here, this is the goal. Go hit it. Uh, you know, jump off the high dive, like hopefully you know how to swim. That's part of culture though. Um, and, you know, looking for people that excel in that situation. And like, that's not everyone's yeah, personality I, yeah. either. That's why startup life isn't for everybody. And you have to suss that out in the interview process. Yeah, and I think for us is, you know, now that the team, I think we have plans to, you know, more than double the team over the next six months uh, on the business and, and really finding this next, next inflection point, in building that world-class team, Maria and I were chatting yesterday about it. Is like we have so much that, you know, from a vision side and what the team's ultimately building over the six to nine months. Maria, uh, we have a board meeting uh, later this week, and we are building out kind of what that looks like. And Maria wrote yesterday to that degree of like, oh my God, we have so much work to do. And it's one of those ideas like if we if we continue to hire a world-class team, the team's going to do an incredible job of hitting that. If not then a lot of that's going to fall on Maria and I. And, and I think that's what it comes down to is not having to hire yesterday, but hiring the right team um, in which to be able to do that effectively. Amen. I mean, it's about being not being reactionary in the hiring process. And I mean, obviously, and let's talk, there is a financial component to that. There's not a lot of companies that can do that, you know, but the smart ones are the ones that are getting ahead of it. And to take some of the pressures off of the co-founders who are doing a lot of the ops in the day-to-day so they can really focus on on, on building. Interesting. So Maria, when, when you interview folks, do you have any like kind of go-to questions or, or kind of a line of questioning to really suss out someone's kind of, you know, the soft skills, the character, right? Because by the time someone gets here, you have to assume that they, they have those qualifications that you're looking for for that specific job. Now it comes down to understanding do they have the character? Are they trustworthy? Are they going to help build, you know, be part of the fabric that is the culture of this team there? Um, What's kind of like your go-to line of questioning to get to that point? Yeah, uh, full transparency, the go-to line of questioning is by the time that interview comes to me, it's much more a conversation. It's much more storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always want to start off and I ask everyone to tell me the things about your life that you want me to know. Like, what are the things that are important to you? Um, you know, one question I always ask is, you know, towards the end of the interview is, if I was going to walk away from this interview remembering absolutely one thing about you, it doesn't have to be about work, what would it be? Like and they that. get some like phenomenal answers, right? And th- those really do stick. It tells you about the person. It tells you what's important to them. And one of the best answers was this woman, Diane, I had hired, had said, I bought a motorcycle. I rode cross country with my girlfriends. Um, and by the time I got home, I drove that motorcycle straight to the shop and like sold it. She was like, well, I'll never ride a motorcycle again. And like, this, Louise idea, right like there. this woman who was, yeah, she was like 55 years old and kind of went in like big, full adventure, um, had it and was like, I'm kind of done. So, you know, I just love these ideas of being able to have a conversation and let somebody narrate and tell their story because I think that there's so much that we 
people have to say, and they're not often asked the right question in which to tell that story. I think that's a really good point too. I think that folks aren't trained or, but Matt, let me ask you this question. You know, when you're having conversations with potential new team members, how do you, is there any type of questions that you ask to see if they're up for this lifestyle, this, this fast paced, uh, lots of uncertainty at times, pivoting startup life? Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, it's usually like Maria said, if it's someone more junior on the team, then it's usually just a conversation looking for culture fit. Mm -hmm. um, if it's, you know, from a leadership level, it, it is, you know, traditionally, they're coming from maybe some corporate type of environment, um, startup for the first time, maybe they've been in a startup and seen success. And maybe they've only seen success in a startup or one of these other things or not seen success in a startup. And so usually, you know, when they're coming to a company like Spot, high growth opportunity, you know what I mean? It's going to be very demanding. My biggest thing always is transparency. I, I, I've missed that in past companies and try right. to be very open and honest about like, you will get emails from me on Saturday at 9 p.m. You know what I mean? Like, this is just the reality of the situation. How do you feel, you know, when you come in, it's not all roses, right? Like you can read in, you know, press and all this about raising capital and all, the, yeah, all these different things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we try to lay that out, um, you know, to very transparently to people to know what they're stepping into. Because, you know, we don't pay the highest salary. If you want to go have a great salary, there's a bunch of publicly traded companies um, in town that love to uh, to overspend. <laughs> and so where we look at it, there's an equity component, there's opportunity and making sure people are uh, fully bought into that is most important to me um, that they don't come into you know how many times have we been interviewed by companies or others that you know you come into a situation like well this is completely different um than uh, what what my assumption was. honesty and transparency up front you know we're not sugarcoating anything we're going to tell you where we are at our stage as a company we're going to tell you what to expect we're going to tell you about the cadence hey listen i may email you at nine o'clock on a saturday because that's what i'm thinking you know, the question is, you know, right. do you expect them to email you back in 901 or is it just, hey, I'm getting my thought out there. When you get to it, you get to it. Or if it's something time urgent, you know, that's what we're doing right now. We're building this freaking, you know, airplane as we fly it. And if we don't build this shit right now, this plane's going down. So it's understanding that and being and that's OK. And it really comes down to being well, up front, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's when you take on, especially a leadership role in a company like Spot, right? Like, do, do I... You know, if it's a more junior role in the company, you know what I mean? Uh, our assumptions or expectations are a bit different. But if you're going to take on a senior, you know, VP level uh, leadership role in a business like this, it's not that I expected, you know, something back at 901. But like in that sense of it, like knowing that like it's what that opportunity is, is like the only advantage young companies have is speed the only thing we have we don't have capital advantage we don't have you know number of employee advantage overhead. we don't have mm -hmm. yeah it's just speed like that's the number one advantage we have and so if we don't use that advantage to our you know to be our you know a big opportunity for us then we really don't have any advantage at all right in order for us to like maria and i a team to be able to see you know an opening in the market you know, we have to be able to drive everyone to that as fast as possible. And that being our main advantage. I love it. This is fantastic. Uh, so before we bring it home here, you know, what's uh, what's next for spot? What's the next big milestone that you guys are aiming to hit, you know, in the next year? 
Right, you want to Maria, that's all you right now. <laughs> what? So you want to do a grand unveiling? Uh, yeah. You know, I think for us, um, big milestones across the board, just sort of internal company-wise is, you know, we're continuing to scale out this badass team of individuals where you've hired um, some awesome leadership across the board from sales to insurance strategy to product um, that we're super excited about. Um, and as Matt and I look at the metrics across the board of the customers that are coming into our community, um, re-looking at that to say, what products, what services do we actually need to sort of reinvent um, the industry, right? Which is uh, overpriced, overregulated, um, and underserving of that customer base that we're really trying to get to. And so these next 12 months for us um, will be sort of hard, you know, um, hard hitting on building out some really core capabilities in the business, uh, particularly from the operational backend um, and insurance side to really bring um, better suited products to our community, um, things that customers are asking that's for, exciting. which we're super yeah, excited that's about. that's absolutely exciting. Matt, what is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life? Mm, um, the smartest business decision you'll ever make in your life is the person you marry, probably. I like that one. Um, I'm gonna repeat that when I get home later. And the only reason I say that, uh, love my wife to death, but when you build companies like this, uh, I told my wife when we first got married, um, you know, it, it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a hell of a good time, uh, but uh, no promises along the way. And I think, you know, no matter if that's, you know, your uh, my work wife, uh, Maria, or my uh, my home wife, uh, uh, Amanda, surrounding yourself with people that only bring uh, positivity is a huge thing because starting up companies, the highs are high, incredibly high, and the lows are low. Um, and having someone along that side, no matter if it's home or at work, is incredibly important. I love it. Maria, what about you? What's your mantra? What's your go-to? What's that, you know, little birdie on your shoulder every single day? Yeah, if it's hard, it matters. Uh, nothing in life that is really, uh, that's super easy is going to matter so much. So if it, if it's hard to get to, if it's a hard decision, you know, just know that, um, it's, it's it matters. It's meaningful. I love it. That's so tremendous. And, and I usually, you know, my, my last question, it's, I, I'm directing it to, to one person when I ask this, but I'm going to ask this question to you together as a emotional friendship, relationship, and business partners. You guys come from different worlds. You have different skill sets. You have different powers that come together to create this awesome sauce, which is Spot. But there has to be that compass, that roadmap, that singular focus. Matt and Maria, what, are you, what is your North Star? What is your focus? What is your compass? What drives you guys in life and business? You want to take that one first, Matt? Uh, the word no for me. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, it's probably, Maria knows this more than anything about myself is, you know, for me, it's it's the challenge, not money, not anything like that. It's purely the challenge of, you know, Spot has the opportunity to go up against the biggest health insurance companies in the world um, and really long-term uh, build an alternative to that system. And that to us is, you know, just the idea of people saying you can't do it or anything like that is so motivating to someone like myself. I love that David and Goliath yeah. theme going on here. What about you, Maria? What is your North, what yeah. is your North Star? Uh, for me, it's be good, be kind, know you have an impact. 
right? Um, we're, we're doing good, being good, we're being kind, we're thinking about our customers, our community, our employees, the people that matter in our life. Um, and at the heart of it, no matter how hard the day is, right, Matt and I can always come back to, we know we're having an impact. And it might not be the impact today that we wanted to have, but it'll be, you know, if we get the impact tomorrow. And so that's sort of why it keeps me going. I love it. Maria Goy, Matt Randall, Get Spot. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I want everyone to check out GetSpot.com. We'll link it up in the show notes. We'll link it up everywhere. But where could folks find both of you? Where could they connect? Where could they learn more? Uh, you can always hit uh, me up at Maria at GetSpot.com. You can always hit Matt up at Matt at GetSpot.com. Uh, our social Life by Spot is also great on Instagram. Uh, our social manager, Bella, loves answering crazy DMs. <laughs> Uh, so you can always hit us up there as well. Awesome. Hang with me, guys, one moment as I sign off here. And everyone listening on the podcast today, I, I really hope you enjoyed it. Hope that you learned a lot about startup life, entrepreneurship, friendship, and what it takes to build a business with your best friend. I mean, that's a it's a great story. I love what you guys are doing here. Disrupting an ancient, antiquated BS industry. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of good stuff to come out of the insurance industry, but it's ripe for the taking. And in this day and age with, uh, you know, it, it's about time. So I want everyone to check it out. Everyone, remember, you can find out more of the podcast at thepodcast.com. You know where to find us on all the social media channels. If you like this show, please leave a review, rating, share it. It goes a long way. Take care of each other. Look out for one another and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>